0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burkflow. On today's episode, we've got a special one for you. As you're aware, we have been talking about educating our kids with money. And a member of our team, Jessica Nguyen, ran across a website called moneyprodigy.com. And the owner of that is Amanda Grossman. And this entire website is dedicated to helping parents teach their kids about money. And so Amanda Grossman has been featured on NerdWallet, Dollar Sprout, Motley Fool, First Citizens Bank. She's been all over the place. She's done a fantastic job with her website and is doing fantastic work with helping parents educate their kids about money. So we had Jessica and Amanda on on the podcast. And without further ado, allow me to introduce Jessica and Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the episode today. We really appreciate it.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: So, Jessica is the one that found your website and she was she's even brought up to our team around how can we help with financial literacy, financial knowledge for kids at a younger age so that they can be more successful, right? Like that's not that's pretty common knowledge. So the earlier you learn something, the better you're going to be at it throughout life, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, she found your website and we both just fell in love with it. So much information there. The first question I've got for you, why did you do it and how did that all come about?
1: Yeah. So thanks again for having me. I'm so excited you guys dig my website. And, (laughs) you know, I I keep hearing time and time again from parents, um, mothers, fathers, women, everybody that, gosh, I wish I had had this money education when I was a kid. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And so finally, I made that my tagline is give your child the money education you wish you'd had. And that seems to really be resonating with people. I mean, it resonates with me. I'm, I'm a mother to a six-year-old as well. So it kind of tugs at my heartstrings too. But the way that I started, um, I guess it's kind of interesting. I, I was a personal finance blogger starting back in 2009, uh, which makes me like a dinosaur in blogging world. <laughs> and I, and I still have that website, I, I blog for adults. And what I noticed over the next like seven years or so is that um, people were reaching me in like a cat- catastrophic phase of finances. So they had um, gone through a divorce or quit their job to start their dream business without any sort of backup, except maybe like a month or two um, of money and you know horrible debt stories and things like that. And I was sitting in my office one day, just racking my brain over this issue of like, my goodness, I keep hearing these horrible stories and I wanna help these people so much. And it just dawned on me like this like divine download that you need to prevent, not just mitigate what's already happened. And so in my mind, prevention is all the way back into childhood. And so while I had never, ever, ever thought I would write about kids and money and teens and money and that sort of thing, When I got that inspiration, I was like, oh my gosh, I I have to do this. Like I sat on it for a few months, I'm not gonna lie. I sat on it for a few months because I had like a one-year-old at the time and I was already running my my website, Frugal Confessions. And I thought, oh my goodness, like you know, this is gonna be so much more work, but it just kept eating away at me and eating away at me. And that's when I started um, Money Prodigy. And so the website is all about me helping parents and educators to raise money-confident kids and teens. And my vision is that every child who enters adulthood can know how to manage their money from their first paycheck. Like that's the, that's the end goal for me.
2: That's amazing. And your website is so helpful.
1: Yeah. Like Ryan said,
2: one of the first things that I did when I went onto your website was I looked at the, the money life skills checklist. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, I've got three kids and they're sort of all in different phases of their life. And, you know, as a parent, you don't really know if they've listened to you when you sort of talk about these topics. And, um, I wasn't sure how much they knew. And I thought that that checklist on your website was fabulous.
1: Thank you. That's a real issue because it's like, how are you supposed to, if I'm just like a parent, which I am, how am I supposed to know where to start? Because I don't even know like what my child has picked up. Like, I don't know what they learned at school. I don't know what they learned at church. I don't know what they picked up from me and their dad. Like How do I know what they do and do not know? So the way the checklist actually came about, um, other than that, is because there was this Presidential Advisory Council on Financial Capabilities for Youth. And I looked through their final sayings for, you know, this is what you should know between the ages of six and nine. This is what you should learn by, I'm getting the age range wrong, but different age ranges and what your child is supposed to focus on. And I found it so lacking. There were just huge (laughs) gaps um, between like each age range and within the age range. And not only that, but we all know that kids kind of learn at different paces. And it's more, in my mind, it's more about meeting them where where your child is at, their stage that they're at, not necessarily their age that they're at. And so that's why I created that checklist.
2: Yeah, that's been a wonderful starting point. And, you know, our kids went through it and they, you know, it was a great place to have sort of those conversations about what have you heard about, what do you know about, what have you never heard about, you know, what have you zero sort of information. Um, And I know for, for me, and like I know Ryan has said, you know, we're in the financial services industry, so we should probably be better at educating our kids about finances, but we're not, you know, we still lack in that. My daughter is a junior in high school, and we sort of started these conversations with her about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I feel terrible, you know, that we didn't start earlier in life. I do think that parents sort of leave some of this to the school. They sort of think that the school is supposed to educate them. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you just had a parent come onto your website, you know, for the very first time, where would you say a good place to start other than the checklist, no matter what age group, like where is the best place to start?
1: Yeah, I would say probably my overarching article. It's a guide on teaching kids about money. Um, You can find it in the top menu under, I think, teach kids about, let's see, what's my menu. I have to look real quick and see what it says. Yeah. Under teach kids money, hover over that, the guide on teaching kids about money. I really go through, um, the end goal that you're looking for Mm -hmm. and sort of how to start and how to know where your kid is right now. And, and this is for teens or kids. Um, And really, really what I want parents to do to start is like to go over some of your own money past and to figure out what is it that you want your kids to know about money? I mean, I think so like we're just think, okay, kids have to learn how to count money. Obviously they have to learn how to do store transactions. Okay. I'm good there. They have to learn how to save money and all that sort of thing. But it's like, I want parents to really think back to when they first thought about money, like when, when money first came into your life and you thought it was this shiny awesome cool thing and you wanted to learn all about it you were fascinated by it. not when you're like we're stressed out about it and not when you were like dealing with your own money issues or money shame or all the mistakes or whatever but back when you're like yeah and i want you to like write down i actually wrote like my own money mission statement to my child about what i want him how i want him to feel about money and how i want what what i want him to be able to do with his money and and the sort of um empowering effects that money can have in your life and that sort of thing. So I really just take you through 20 minutes over your lunch break or something, just to answer a couple of questions. So you can get an idea, like a foundation for where you want their money education to go, because my money values are not going to be your money values. And at the end of the day, um, the buck stops with those parents. Like we want to know that we passed on the most important money values and and our most important values of anything to our kids.
0: What's interesting about this is, And I even had the conversation with my wife around like teaching the kids about money. And I've got a 13-year-old daughter, actually about to be 14 and almost a 12-year-old son now. And the question came up around, and both of us kind of thought about it. Like we don't want our kids to think about money or stress about money in any situation, right? So we had to get out of our own heads essentially around like, shutting up and stop worrying about that. And just teaching the kid about money just from an educational standpoint, not, and, and hopefully not passing not along,
2: hang-ups, right?
0: exactly not passing along those hangups. And I think like this starts with the parents taking that first step. And so the parent has to get past that hangup, whether or not you're successful with money or not, most parents don't want their kid to not be successful with money. At least mm-hmm. parents that don't talk to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And whether or not you're successful with money or not does not dictate your ability to teach your child about money. That's what I really want parents to understand. You are qualified. It doesn't matter how many money mistakes. It doesn't matter if you're like dealing with it right now. Like even if you're, you know, in terrible debt, in bankruptcy, whatever, you have the ability to teach your child about money in ways that maybe you weren't taught when you were a child.
0: Yeah, it's just like you know, most parents they want to send their kids to higher education. They want their kid to succeed, and wherever wherever they go, well, this is a huge piece because it's not being taught in any (laughs) any education. Like, I've reached out to our principal, and like like your website has got me on this like weird mission. Not weird; it's a good mission, but like something (laughs) that I just didn't see myself doing this year, and so. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. That's so awesome. And your website, like the teaching kids about money. I love how you broken it down by age group. That's, that's awesome. Cause I started thinking about that too. I'm like, okay, 12 year old son who kind of had some knowledge, 14 year old daughter, they're both in different spots. So you got to talk to them slightly differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And so one suggestion that I have um, for parents who literally are like, I don't know where to start It seems all fuddled. Like, you know, what do I know? What do I know that they know? What they don't know? Whatever. If I were you, I would do a savings goal with your child. You can start almost any age with a savings goal. And the reason why I love it so much is that it then gives money context in your child's world. And I think that's sort of what's missing. That's like a disconnect between parents and kids. It's like, when you're trying to teach them about money, you're drawing from your experiences as an adult or you're trying to like shape it to their world, but you're like, well, when did they ever use money or what situations are they in? Maybe I don't know. But if you have them narrow down to a short-term savings goal, then all of a sudden, like number one, they're gonna self-discover money lessons because they're now motivated to do it. But number two, it's gonna really alleviate a lot of the stress from you and feeling unqualified and stuff because now you have an anchor to base all of your money conversations around and it's got nothing to do with like debt bankruptcy what i'm earning you know all of those crazy questions you can anchor all of it around their savings goal and that's in their life and now they're they're interested you can get their attention and so actually i mean i think it would make like an awesome summer project like to do a savings goals for the summer
0: yeah i i love that idea when you say well when you say savings goal, you mean just a number, a dollar amount saved or or something yeah. to utilize that money for? Yeah. So. so
1: what I'm talking about is like, what is one thing that your child wants to be, do, or have? Now, of course, that question in itself is really silly, right? Like no kid is going to have only one thing that they want to be, do, or have. And so I sort of, I've had this like free printable that's like this matrix what you want to do is help your child to brainstorm like all of these crazy ideas they're going to come up with like I want a horse and like I want to go to this summer camp and woo I'm going to be president and all this crazy stuff. And then they're going to put it through like the four quadrants so that they can find the quickest win savings goal and that's the one that they should choose or one from that quadrant because the fact is, is that your child is probably gonna fail some in their first savings goal. I mean, how many parents and adults can't really like go through on savings and that sort of thing. It's, it could be really difficult. So you wanna get them the quickest win one because then they can come back to the savings goal setting line over and over until they start to really see the process. Um, if you take them through that and now they have a savings goal and then they research, well, through the process, they'll research like how much does it cost? Like how much do I need? And then they can figure out how many weeks it'll take in accordance with like how much allowance they get and that sort of thing. The short-term savings goal, I, I define as more than one allowance cycle, but less than one month. That's mm. how long it'll take them to save up. That to me is like short-term for kids.
0: The, the confidence that the child will get by hitting that short-term savings goal, right? Like, you know, let's just call it what it is, even in older, like that's the big issue with finances. And most people, the people that are struggling with finances, is they're not saving money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you can develop that habit and get that confidence early on, holy crap, mm-hmm. like you're set for life financially. And it's also
1: much. I the word confidence, it is really like I feel like there's such um inadequacy and money confidence in this this country. And like you said, that's what we want. We want to empower kids so that they feel like one day they can be independent and they can like go out and earn that money and know how to, you know, figure out how to manage it in ways that I mean, none of us were taught when we were kids, even like some people, were, they were lucky and they were taught all of these wonderful things, but most of us are self-taught
0: games. Like what, I, I think you had a site on, you have something on your site talking about different games that you can play with your kids. And Monopoly was one of my favorite games as a kid, but there's other games out there depending on, on age that you've got on their websites to make sure for our listeners, make sure you check that out. Cause that's a definitely good way to engage kids mm-hmm. and get them excited, at least in my opinion, get it getting excited. My kids are competitive, so <laughs> they're, they're trying to take down dad.
2: Yeah. Games and also apps. Um, I know my daughters use Venmo for sort of sending money back and forth between their friends. And that makes me very nervous. Um, I because, know. Isn't
1: it crazy the yeah, things that it really we're like dealing with right now that was never even a thing in our childhoods?
2: So. Yeah. So if you're like trying to show your kids, you know, something on the computer or their iPad or apps or whatever, where would you suggest that they go to learn about money other than just, you know, the resources that you have on your website?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have two ideas there. Um, I have one article that's uh, personal finance resources for homeschoolers. And even if you're not a homeschooler, there's like 31 different learning platforms on there and they're all free. So definitely check out that article. Um, Maybe you guys can link to that uh, in your podcast episode notes. Um, And then also you mentioned Monopoly. So I love Monopoly and everybody loves Monopoly. And I got to thinking like Monopoly is good for some money lessons, but it doesn't really, there's a lot of unreality in Monopoly, right? Which is fine. I mean, it's a game and, and it's fun for kids. But I thought, you know what, I can improve upon that. And so I created a free printable for um, Monopoly called, it's like Monopoly with Financial Hardships. Um, so you give out each child, they like, each get like a financial hardship, one being like student loan debt and one being like, you know, losing your job or something like that. And it has just a few rules that change. So um so like the person with student loan debt has to pay a student loan fee towards their debt every time they go around Go and different things like that. And I think it's really it's really going to help open up your kid's eyes more than just the traditional game of Monopoly, which is also awesome, but it's just a way to kind of get better money lessons out of it.
0: You mean going to jail isn't like the big money lesson learned <laughs> <Yeah>. from Monopoly?
1: <laughs> yeah, debtor's jail, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: what so, I had maybe- in my mind. <laughs>
2: If you are a parent, you know, of an older teen and you really haven't started these lessons, you know, when you wish you would have, um, is it, is it too late? You know, when they're 17 or 18 and they're about to go to oh college, goodness, or they no. already have their first job.
1: It, it you know. is not too late if they're still living in your home. I mean, even if they're not living in your home, come on, all of us had to learn by ourselves too. Right. But it is not too late. Like if they're still at home, you have the opportunity, you know, if it's, um, a situation where it's an older teen, one of the best ways that you can um, start their, not start their money education, but continue or up-level their money education is to give them some solid money boundaries and money responsibilities. And even though that hasn't been the case up until now, that's basically what's going to happen as they age. They get more money responsibilities and the boundaries between your money and your child's money kind of gets more separated, right? And Mm -hmm. so you can give them some expectations as far as like, you know, these are the things that we're willing to pay for now. These are the, your money responsibilities and whether they have a job or allowance, or if you want to start um, chore commissions around the house, like uh, have them negotiate, pay for different projects or something like that, like whatever way they're going to get money into their hands, just, you know, you can work with it as far as just getting your allowance system down. And I call it allowance system, like a kid money system, but it's not just allowance. Like it's really your kid money system. Um if they're older
0: it makes me think of uh again this has spread a lot of conversation with my wife and i and we were talking about you know the allowance route and and, and the different routes and she, she, my wife brought up the fact that she was she was purchased someone her parents bought her car for her 16th birthday. But her dad sat her down, and yeah, seriously.
1: (laughs) When does that happen? That's awesome.
0: (laughs) But he sat her down and said, "I'm not paying for the gas. I'm not paying for the insurance." Like he started going through the things that she's responsible for. Like, here, I bought you this thirty thousand dollars car, but I'm not. You can't drive it until you got A, B, and C in order. And that was a huge experience for her. She she got a job, right? She went through all the different steps uh, to do that, and that's just lesson. That's a huge lesson that she learned and uh, I probably should have learned early on. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I'm just curious, where do the, all of the information that you've got, and then you're finding, like, where are you going to get like, like, what's your background? Is this all for (laughs) like, how did this all come together here?
1: Uh, well, okay. Um, I've always loved money. I mean, I think that, uh, I just have sort of like a natural inclination to manage money. I know that sounds really weird, but I'm like a total money nerd. Yeah. I, I sort of have an interesting background. I mean, I grew up on a dairy farm, um, like among the Amish in Pennsylvania. And, um, so I think I got some very conservative money principles that way. Um, you know, I paid for all of my own cars. I took on some student loan debt. I learned it that way. And, and then I started, uh, writing about money when I was, uh, 27. So it's about 12 years ago or so. And, um, I wrote for the Houston Chronicle. Um, I write for several banks and that sort of thing. So I'm definitely self-taught, but like I'm not a financial advisor. That is clearly on my website, but I, I just love money. I love to manage money. I love to teach people how to manage money. Like I just have that passion for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's And I also, clear. I do have
1: a certificate, I, I became a certified um, financial education instructor as well. Um, and I just, I, I work with adults and kids and, and that sort of thing.
0: I brought up allowances and I know you had a, an article about like, should kids get an allowance and you kind of broke that. Down. Would you mind like high level, like explaining how you look at or maybe coaching parents through whether or not they should do allowance and mm-hmm. how to do it.
1: So I feel like allowances get a bad rap, to be honest. And if you, if you ever go into um, forums or Facebook groups or something where a parent's talking about chore commissions versus allowances, and there's like mud right between the two sides. And So for me, um, I feel like if you put the whole point of allowances or chore commissions or that sort of thing is to get money into your child's hands. And I feel like the goal of that so that they can like make those money mistakes, learn how to manage their money, all of that kind of gets washed aside for the goal of punishing and rewarding a child with money. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's that viewpoint that if you don't earn it, you don't get money and that sort of thing. And that can really backfire because some kids don't feel like doing the chores or they're not enough by money at this point in their lives to want to do the chores to earn money. And so what happens is they have inconsistent money coming into their lives. So. With my whole thing, like with allowance systems, your kid money system, whatever it is that you're doing, it has to be consistent, right? Because imagine as you know, working people, if you know, your boss forgot to pay you next pay period, or you, know, you earned $500 less than you're used to next pay period, or you just didn't earn anything this pay period. Okay, so maybe you'll learn some lessons about you know, earning money and that sort of thing. But as far as like money management is concerned, like if I don't know what's coming in and what I can count on, you better believe that I'll probably spend way too much of it when it does come in, because I'll think, I don't know when it's coming in next, so I might as well just spend it while I have it. And you also better believe that I'm not gonna make any spending plans or savings or goals or anything, because how do I know like what's coming in when, like why am I gonna sit down, And write a plan up to spend money that I don't know if it's coming or not. And so I feel like you can choose whatever kid money system that you want. um, If you want to pay by chores, if you want to do allowance and that sort of thing. But it just has to be consistent. If it's not consistently getting money into your child's hands, then you may be satisfying another need that you have, but you are not satisfying the need of teaching them money management.
0: The consistency, it's it's a consistency of of the good habits is what that comes down to. I think is what I just heard you say is, If they're not getting the money consistently, how do they build the good habit of actually saving it? Like that bad habit of spending the money that they don't have.
1: And psychologically, like how are they supposed to plan? Like you really want them to like the executive function of like, I want my child to plan out how they're going to spend their money. Right. Like that's that's great. Right. That's where we all want to be. I want my child to have a savings goal and that sort of thing. If they're only getting like birthday money sometimes or like, you know, some Christmas money here or there, number one, they're gonna have pent up demand for it already. I mean, if they're, you know, if you're missing allowances and maybe they get an allowance like once a month or something, they already have something in their mind that they wanna spend it with. But if you're being consistent, like consistently getting money into their hands, they're gonna be far more likely to be like, okay, I have this resource that I have to use my mom wants me to start doing a savings goal. It does sound kind of cool because I could get this one thing that I wanted. So I'm going to spend some of my money, but then some other money, I'm actually going to put aside towards savings. Like that's the kind of, dialogue and mental dialogue they're going to start having because they can depend on that money coming
2: in yeah so i again another thing that we downloaded from your website uh, we downloaded the team budget binder and i found that just phenomenal and you were just talking about having a spending plan and one of the things in there is the spending plan so you know i went over that with my daughters and it's very similar to, you know, what Ryan goes over with his clients, you know, mm-hmm. you need to spend this much, save this much, invest this much. Um, how does that sort of work with the allowance and the savings goal?
1: Yeah. So with um, any money that your child has coming in, like the first, with the teen budget, buying the, the first thing I wanted them to do besides like do a budget, right? Like that's the minimum is writing out a budget. The first thing I want them to do is like holistically look at their money and make sure that it's aligning with theirs and their family's money values. Since, you know, if you're, if you're a teenager managing your money, you're doing it in partnership with your parents. It's, it's not just you managing your money. There's a lot of, you know, partnership going on there. And so are teenagers going to get that right away? Probably not, but I just wanted them to understand that, like, number one, money is not just to spend. So I think most kids and teens, they don't get past that for a while. They think I've got money. It's to spend. Mm -hmm. Here comes some more money. Here's how I'm going to spend it. Like they think that it's only to spend. And I want it to elevate their thinking that money is actually about more than just spending. And that if you do wait on some of the spending, you can do some cool things with it. Right. So the spending plan is just taking them through like between in its approval process and a partnership with the parent, Mm -hmm. like how much is acceptable for me to spend? How much is acceptable for me to save? And just coming up with those percentages. Because once you come up with those percentages, as you guys well know, you can use that whether you have $5 coming in or $5,000 coming in, Mm -hmm. right? Like you might tweak it over the years, I would think, right? As you get more bills and more responsibilities and, and things like that. But it's just the idea, the percentages idea. I think it really elevates their money management ability over time so it's an it's an introduction to that
2: that's amazing i know you've made me more confident in my conversations with my kids so bravo to you your website Yay! is really
1: it's so good that's awesome to hear thank you
0: well Amanda, i i know i don't want to respect your time so thank you so much for what you're doing on, on the website we we'll definitely put the, the website in in the show notes thank you so much for for being on this show and uh appreciate everything you're doing yeah
1: thank Thank you so much for having me and it's just it's wonderful to hear from people who use my website (laughs) so thank you
0: (laughs) absolutely thank you amanda Um,
3: this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax legal or investment advice although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable please note that individual situations can vary Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their friends are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are the wrong. Guardian, subsidiary, agents and employees do not provide tax legal or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412 CA Insurance License Number 0K24924 Alexander Collins AR insurance license number 7264699 CA insurance license number 0H24806 Pinpoint number 2022134896 expiration March 2024